Welcome to the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God. John Fowler, John Sandy in the house. How are you, sir? The John John Show. John John Show. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing about this, I, I was looking at some of the past shows, and you haven't done one since September 28th, I believe. I missed the last two weeks. Have I you? remember that. Yeah. Um, I tried, and you said, I don't have time for you, or something like that. And I, so I, I don't just... believe that. <laughs> You know, you ever you ever heard folks that fifty percent of kidding is true? You know, so he's trying to slam me on TV here. Well, you know, it's like we've been doing this for how long? Uh, way too and, long. And and it's like, do I have to say, you know, when you come and you know show up yeah, when you want? Yeah, but sometimes you can't. But you know, it's like you know, there's got to be. But then there was one time you couldn't make it. Yeah, there was, and there was a bit times, you know, whenever your schedule so crazy that you couldn't do it. You'd say, "We, I'd be ready for the next morning," and you call, you text me like that night, going, "I gotta oh, be at the daycare. I can't be here. Gotta be daycare. Can't help you. Have a nice day." You know that. <laughs> Jay, Pastor Jay, hadn't been on since August. And what part is he still on? Part three hundred fifty. Ah, uh, thirty-one. He's still on part. Th- he's, he's still, a, he's he still was, doing it. He's off the next two weeks. Uh, Dwight, uh, assistant pastor, it was sister pastor day yesterday with the pulse because, uh, Dustin preached an awesome message and, and Dwight preached an awesome message. It was uh, actually, it, that's an actual, it didn't that, mean to be, but it was, Oh, I thought maybe yeah, it was something it I actually didn't know was. the calendar that, no, it actually was. And so, um, and they both spoke and then I think there's, uh, couple of other uh, speakers so jay's off for the next three sundays i believe and I he does it offend- sometimes. i thought i was offended and no he i should probably do that too i should <laughs> yeah. probably let you all preach the next three weeks he's taking off the next three weeks is it really three weeks yeah he's taking off three weeks but if i do that shoot people don't show up <laughs> yeah because you're the you're the glue oh man. yeah right you're yeah. the mayonnaise on the sandwich oh the sandwich <laughs> yeah it's like i'm the one that looks pitiful up front and say please Please help. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah, feel sorry for me. Yeah, feel sorry for me. But, Saw your moped for the first time today. Oh yeah, vroom vroom. That thing is so fun. Yeah, you know that was so fun. And uh, you remember that one guy that jumped on me because he thought I bought the airplane with church money. I did not buy the moped with church money. Neither did I buy the airplane with no, church money. He's loaded, folks. He's this guy. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're the guy that's got. My house could sit in John Sandy's house. And my wallet is smaller. It's you're, full. You're, you're it's wa- full. Don't you, <laughs> don't you talk negative to me. I'll, well, you just, I'll you wash just, your you, mouth out with soap. Well, that means yeah. these days. <laughs> don't you Did talk you negative. Ever, have you ever your wallet that? is huge, and it has no ending. Well, then your finances your, has no ending. Well, then how come your house is smaller? That's kind of a negative. Well, because we're just, <laughs> we're, we showed humility mm. when we bought oh, our house. Oh, you know, we're, we're not so like precious. the, we're not like the, uh, the, um, what is it? The castle on the hill. Yeah. Like you all have. Yeah. Uh, like Tim Hawkins would say, you're, you're, um, you're a, you're a true servant, which means you can fold chairs. Yeah. Oh, I remember. You, you got a servant's heart. That's what it was. <laughs> There's a guy who needs to borrow chairs today. Up at Gasway, I gotta make. It. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, well, see, I'm just you You're know just walking, trying to be a in, walking in the word. Yeah, <laughs> there is a um, Frank Dillon who has had. Uh, a, he's an evangelist out of uh, South Carolina, North Carolina area, and he's actually speaking in at the community building at the, at across from the church, and I think that starts tonight. And so and so they use our chairs for that event, and I actually got. He's he's done this several times. I've never made either one of them. And he said, 
he sent me a message. Uh, he actually wrote me a letter and said, it would be really nice to see you at our meetings. So what he's basically saying is you haven't been there and you better get there. <laughs> So I you know bring the, yourself with your chairs. Yeah. So the women are uh, the women are of your wife and my wife and several other people are having a Bible study at at my house tomorrow night. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah so talking about that. So I think I will be going to that revival meeting tomorrow evening, and uh, I'll be up in Gasway all day. So I'll just stick around and go to that go to the church service and pick up your chairs on the way out. Yeah, especially if he preaches something that offends me. I'll take yeah, my, take my take chairs and go, and go home. home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so wrong. No, that I hope is. He, I hope he's not listening. No, but no. He, he's a really good guy. I should have him on. I should have him on the show. You should. You know. Now, how did you get to know him? I don't know him. Never met him. I don't have a clue. Never met him in my life. I know that he's had a, he's had a tent meeting uh, before in Gasaway, and he's done a, another uh, church service. Scott Means knows him, I think. This is why you don't put your church name on your chairs. Our church name is on our chairs. Uh-oh. Because we don't want other churches stealing them. <laughs> I was you know how about, other churches are, well, you, you loan to someone you don't know. Let's say they really weigh out there somewhere in their beliefs, and okay. they see your name on the chairs. Oh, they must be affiliated with that Paul's church down this street. Oh, yeah. That's like don't, uh, you know, it's like, I've seen the cassette tapes that we, because, you know, we traveled and sang, mm-hmm. and I've seen cassette tapes at yard sales, and, uh, you know, so you've got some stuff working, don't you? You've, you're you working on some projects, and... Uh, yeah, I'm working on uh, something for... Working on a building. Now, this is... Bef- I don't building. want people to misunderstand something here, because I asked my wife about this. I did not... Now, don't show out. that if that's not copyrighted yet. I was going. I was going to show. I was going to show you. Oh, show me. Are you cop? Are you copyrighted? I'm copyrighted. Yeah, yeah. but you don't show that if you're not copyrighted. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, I was, somebody will take your idea. I wasn't quite that stupid. Uh, but <laughs> well, I didn't think like you, you were. Well, you know, I get that impression though. No, I do. Get, I do get that impression that you thought I was quite dumb. No, and uh, I think you're smart. Now, you're I don't one have, of the smartest people I know. Now, I don't know the. I don't know the lettering is. Below, don't know very the many lettering people. below it isn't on here yet, but there's like one of my little wow. uh, sketches for shirts. Uh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I have, a, I have a few of them now, and then I have some of my quotes that God's gave me that I'm working with. There's an artist by the name of Matisse that I thought. Now, that might be a good artist to get some ideas from to do backgrounds for my phrases, you know. So right. I've been looking up some of his stuff. Uh, I, knew, I knew his work, but I wanted to look up some of the things and took some pictures and thought I'd get some ideas. And I would just do my own artwork for the background of these phrases God gives me. Right. And I thought I might encourage people some way. So, yeah, I'm working on that uh, right now with uh, hopefully your, your daughter. You know, well, she's going to try to help me some with that. So. Well, yeah, because, you know, there's some sketch. There's some, okay, you've got the sketch. Just like on, you know, we learned a lot through doing this book. You know, oh, Frankie sure the Honeybee. You so, you yeah. know, the thing about it is there are people that will literally take what you do and then they'll put the collar to it and make it make it look nice. Yeah, they can take an idea yeah, and then they can turn it into artwork. Yep, and that's once, what happens. And if I pay people for that, uh, they tell me that <clears throat> I own it once I do that. Yeah. So I can I can share it. You know you know how much I have in Frankie the Honeybee. Uh, I know at least to start with the three hundred. Did you tell me you wrote a check? 
No, I, I, Frankie the Honeybee is almost a thousand dollar project. Wow! And and I haven't sold one book yet because we we haven't put them on the market yet. Yeah, you want to tell people about it real quick? No, <laughs> this is your day. It's <laughs> my day. This is your day. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you could get the ebook right now, four ninety nine, and you could go to lulu dot com and get uh, the ebook. Lulu, lulu dot com. Oh, really? And, uh, and now, did your daughter help you with finding out with these places to oh, go? Yeah. She yeah. did all that. Yeah, and that cost me too. Yeah, and I used to design album covers. You know, I did some of those. Oh, yeah. And I, this is one of them here. That, oh, wow. That's the name really of the group cool. was called Potter's Clay, and they hired me to do their cover. So um, I, I'm taking some of these experiences I had and trying to see. I think you're finally listening. Uh, if, But I don't know. Put I don't, your I, talent to work. Yes, you do know. It's my brother. We, we, we get along. Really? Who is that? That's my brother. That's your brother? Yeah. Really? What's his name? Jesus. He's uh, your brother. Yeah. I was talking to a guy one day. I said, you know, so I was talking to a friend of yours the other day. He said he hadn't heard from you in a while. And he said, who was it? I said, it was Jesus. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. That's a pretty good line. Oh, it's a great I line. I like that. Yeah. I haven't heard that before. It is. You notice the clouds aren't moving behind us. This is a, uh, the picture that we have today uh, is on a hike in Kentucky with my son and daughter-in-law. It's actually a movie? No, it's not moving. I can clouds, make a move. You said the clouds were moving. I said that the clouds aren't moving. Aren't. It's like being married to you, man. It's like you don't listen. It's like, what's wrong with you? My wife and I, we joke about that kind of stuff. I said, hey, you, you agree with me, but you don't even know what I said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Take so, her shopping. You know, if you've got a bomb to drop on your wife. Do it while you're shopping. Do it while she's shopping. Because they don't listen. No. 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 Even when they think there's. And here what she does is. When she does agree with me or does does something I ask her to do, yeah. then she'll brag about how she submitted. Really? I mean, it's kind of sad. It just. I said, <laughs> "Honey, I said the word says you just got your reward." You just because oh, you bragged. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. You you took your your treasure right here instead of taking. Have it you ever seen people do that? Like they uh, they work they do a project at the church and then they're rolling their eyes on how long it took them and. You know, but I just want to do it for the glory of God. Well, there was your glory. You got it. <laughs> you yeah. just got, you got no glory you just there. Got your reward. You just got your reward right there. <clears throat> well, we're not running on schedule today. No, we, and we got not. a lot to do. And we I have got a lot a, to do. And a short time to get there. That's on a Smokey and the Bandit song. Yeah. I got a long way to go. And that a is, short that time is your to get movie, there. isn't it? Well, that's funny. Did they do a sequel or did they just do the one? Here she comes. Should you start it off. She. <laughs> She heard yeah. me say. I did hear you say. She did. Yeah, she, she heard, heard me you say. say. Uh, uh, I mean, that's unusual for her to hear me when I say. Shut up. Yeah, because normally she's asleep by now. Well, you know, she's in the car sleeping. And she'll you. still she'll still tell me she heard me. I mean, it's really so sad. That's the truth. Well, Cynthia, <laughs> since you're in here, do you want to go to breakfast? We can go to Tudors. Like we go to Tudors and leave John alone. Uh, Actually, I'm losing my summer fat, so I can't. I can't. Oh, you're, you're still, still losing. Yeah, still working still on? losing my summer fat. Yeah, yeah. I, I gain weight in the summer and lose in the winter. I, it's really crazy. But not you have to make yourself right. You don't just naturally lose the winter, right? Oh, well, I have to cut back. Because <clears throat> yeah. to me, I can't when, tell you gained anything. I can't tell you lost Bless anything. You. <laughs> you can't tell I lost anything because <laughs> you didn't need. To. There was a seafood song that I wrote. <laughs> it's a love song, actually. <laughs> it's God, it's, it's entitled "I Lobster Then I Flounder." <laughs> yeah, I lobster then I flounder. 
That's hilarious. We went through a, and then wait a minute. We went bye. through. Bye bye. We went through a corn maze the other day down in Kentucky. And I've never uh, been through one. Well, it was, I get lost in a house. I don't need to go in a corn maze. Well, it was. I mean, it was like pitch dark. I mean, uh, it was like oh. it was night. And so I told Christy, I said, you know, honey, you know, because we're in that corn maze. I said, I'm going to write a, a love song right now here for you. And I said, let me take you to the corn patch and kiss you between the ears. And uh, well, if 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 there's anything yeah. you're not, it's original, huh? Yeah, I wish I could have wrote those, <coughs> but the guy who wrote them is not here now, so he can't get me. He can't, can't but get I you. bet you his wife could. Can't sue you. No, he can't sue now, me. Now, do you normally go through Cormaze at night? Is that the idea? I guess I've never been through one. It's really hysterical because they have a little kids corn maze. Oh, okay. And it's it's really funny. And Stephanie and and Christy went through it. It, this corn is for kids, mm-hmm. and you can see them from their waist oh, up. Oh, that's hilarious! Because it's just you know, so they're going through the corn maze, and you can see them that's from the waist hilarious. up. It's hysterical, I'm it. but it's, it's so cool. It's, like, it's so cool. And if you get lost there, you really got a problem. <laughs> well, we did look, have to go get them. You did, yeah, because they got salt. But we got in there. We got in that big one. Man, I tell you what, oh boy, we got turned around, and yeah. you know, global couldn't get you. Out. I would love to go down and fly over that. Just to see what it looked like, you know, just to, you know, see how to get out. Get out. Yeah. I heard a guy talking about these global shots they do every so often. Yeah. They update him. And he was going to time it so that he was laying on the driveway when it, they took the picture. Right. So, like, so that it'll always be him laying on the it driveway. Like someone's killed. I mean, it's like someone's killed. Hey, I know of, I know of, of somebody that this happened to. To where they um, they found out their wife was having an affair on them because they went by and by the house and took a picture and the guy didn't and and so they looked it up on Google and her husband said whose car is that in the driveway and she had to spill the beans that she'd been having an affair because the, you know that Google car goes around and takes pictures. How often of, of do the, they do that? Why are you interested? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> <laughs> so I can prepare. <laughs> no, I I get confused with it now. They I, I've heard of the cars going around and doing that. Right? Is that so they can get front views yeah. of everything? Yeah. <clears throat> Plus the global one, which is, does the aerial. Yeah. I did it on a neighbor's house one day just to see what their property looked like. Right. I did. did you? Yeah, well, did. it's it's public domain. Domain. <clears throat> you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. Well, John Sandy is on part two of first responder. If you've not heard. Part, Part one, one years ago. Then I'll I'll put the link in the comment section, and you can catch yeah. that. <laughs> I will good. do that. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, I'll do that to my That'd sermon. Good. You know when I'm preaching. Really? Yeah, put the link in there so people can watch it. So yeah. I'll do that right now. So I'll be here. I'll be sitting right here, <laughs> right chair. All right, folks, we are like on part two of first responders. And when we opened up, we talked about how there are first responders, like emergency people that uh, work in uh, hospitals. And 911 calls, people like that. Those are our first responders. And they wear uniforms that are recognized uh, because the community or the state or the county backs them. Therefore, they have a lot of authority just because of who they work for. It's not the size of the person coming in. It's that badge they're wearing, right? So we talked about how, as first responders, what we need to do. And then we give some examples of what a first responder's qualifications are. And I mentioned a uniform. Um, there are various things that a first responder does. They'd like to be the first one on the scene that's a professional. Um, they have certain authority. And we talked about first responders. Now, we were, of course, spiritualizing this. So we're talking about how 
we as Christians are need to be first responders. So that's the a- essence of our topic. Today we begin what is called a second responder. What is a second responder? Well, there is no such thing as a second responder. But if there was... A person that's late. What? A person that's late. person that's late. From being from first responder. <clears throat> that's a second responder. Second responder is late, and they don't have a recognized uniform. <laughs> just street clothes, right? Right. And uh, they pretend to be something they're not. Yep. Right? Okay. So... <clears throat> so our second responder, if there was such a thing, now the, my point is this, you and I as Christians are either first responders or we're not. There's not a second responder. You're just late. <laughs> and it's all, everything's been done. You, you, you don't serve a purpose or a task or help the situation at all. But if there was such thing as a second responder, we're either qualified and committed or we're not. Second responder ideas? Uh, how do we qualify as a second responder? Here's some ideas for you. Take more than you give. Now, remember, we're spiritualizing this. Um, no such thing as a second responder in our community, right? <clears throat> no such thing as a second responder in our church either, in the eyes of God. But if we were, this is what we would look like. We get, we take more than we give. We can't share any scriptures from memory. These are people that are not qualified to be first responders, and these are some of the reasons why. We operate within our own tribe. In other words, you have your cliques and things. No one likes that, right, when you feel left out because you don't qualify as one of their cliques. Four, we unload a bunch of prayer requests on others, but don't pray ourselves. We talked about this yesterday morning, John, on our program. We do 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. There are people that will give you prayer requests, and they'll unload all kinds of requests on you, and they'll go generations back in people's families to tell you someone had a sickness. You, if you find it hard to identify, right? And the reason why you find it hard to identify is because the people closer to the situation that are giving you the request are not carrying the load themselves. So listen to this. When they give you that prayer request, this might help you understand, John, and all of us on prayer requests, why we feel sometimes the way we do. And you feel like, I'm not really identifying with it. See, a person that gives you a prayer request should be the first responder to that request. Therefore, if they just dump their request on you and you can't pick up on it, it's because they're not giving you the burden of it. Isn't that good? So you need, if you're going to give someone a prayer request, you be the first one to be responsible. You be the one praying and fasting, whatever you need to do for that person. And then when you pass it on to someone else so that they can join with you, now they can have access to that true burden because they're right next to it. They're with the person that's sharing it. So when you have a prayer request, make sure you're praying too. See, in the world and even in church, we use expressions like, hey, thinking of you. <laughs> hey, praying and thinking of you. They're not praying at all. They're not stopping and alone with God, and praying over this at all. They're just using that expression, praying for you, thinking of you, and really, in reality, it's it's synonymous. They're the same things. It, it's really nothing they're doing. They're just, they're just letting you know that I care, but not to the point of spiritualizing my walk with you and sharing it with you. So keep that in mind when you do pray, okay? You pray for the person you re- Don't ask someone to pray for someone that you haven't been praying for. And I'm talking about sincere prayer. I'm not talking about a fly by night while I'm picking up a glass of water, Lord help them. You know, it's where you spend time with the Lord. And if you have a prayer language, I really encourage you to do that much, much more than you may be doing. Number five, 
Uh, we blame God when things go wrong or prayer isn't answered. Boy, that, that's easy to do, isn't it? Just dump on God. Don't blame ourselves. Don't take any responsibilities. Don't be prepared. You know, a first responder goes to a lot of training, and that's what makes them qualified is their training. And you and I as Christians are in training all the time. So when you blame, when you start blaming God when things go wrong, you need to go right back to square one. If there's one thing that I really try to emphasize to people is if you want to go deeper with God, you got to get to a place where God is not the problem anymore. Stop blaming God. Stop blaming the Holy Spirit or God or Jesus Christ. Don't stop blaming others and look inward to see and ask God to show you what is missing. You may be praying for something that's very legitimate, and if it's God's will, meaning his promises, you can believe he heard that prayer as soon as you prayed it, right? Now, sometimes when you're waiting for the results to come in, you're thinking, where's God? God hasn't changed. He's right there. He heard your prayer, and he answered it. But like Jacob, you may have to wrestle with an angel. You may have to rebuke certain things that are coming against what you're believing for, right? Number six, coworkers won't know. You wouldn't know you were a Christian unless you told them. And then they may not believe you. <laughs> so whenever you're at work, remember, everything you do and everything you say is all part of your witness. It's kind of like every time you do something around other people, it's like handing them a track every time. Because your life is your, is your track. People love to hand out tracks. I think it's wonderful. I think it's awesome. But are you, uh, are you yourselves uh, a, a track that we hand out? A witnessing track. Are you personally a witnessing track? Is your life, your body, your example, your actions, your reactions, and everything you do at work under stress or situations, are you a track for people to read? That's first. Then you can hand out tracks. But see, we go through the motions of handing out tracks, doing this, doing that. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but you're much more effective if you are a track before you hand out a track. If you pray for someone before you give a prayer request, do you see the involvement we need to have, folks? Stop dumping your burdens on other people. Stop dumping your prayer requests on other people. Pray yourself first, and you know what will happen? You'll be able to come together as one, as a group, because now they can participate in what you've asked them to pray for. Even if it's someone several miles away or someone that's not even related to you, you may not remember their last name, but if you've been praying for them, now you're more qualified to share that. Number six, coworkers, I mentioned that. Coworkers wouldn't know you were a Christian unless you told them. You heard, you've heard the old expression, uh, if they were convicting you for being a Christian, would you have enough evidence to convict you of that if someone accused you of that? So we all, we've all heard that, that expression. Number seven, use prayer group as an opportunity to gossip. Ouch, boy, that's... Uh, and it doesn't have to be a prayer group, folks. It can just be talking to people and communicating with people in various fashions. Be very careful because sometimes we turn, and sometimes it happens without us knowing it. We need to catch it. So we need to recognize it, right, these red flags. You know, when a first responder shows up on the scenes, what's some of the first things they do? They'll put up either a tape, uh, a police tape, or they'll put out flares or markers or a they they have they'll put on jackets with reflectors on them, all kinds of things because that's all part of their job. Because what the thing, what they don't want to do is walk into an emergency situation, and create another one on top of it. So they try to eliminate that when they get there. Their job is to stop what's going on, put out the fire, wrap the leg, 
all these things so that it doesn't get any worse than it was when they showed up. Sometimes, folks, if you and I aren't careful, we can take a crisis situation and make it even worse by the way we handle it. When you go to pray with so, about someone, do you find yourself speaking things that do not encourage or make that person look even worse than they're already down? And they make them look worse. So you're not putting out your flares. When you go to pray, whatever's going on should stop right there. Should not get any worse. Don't make it worse. And then as you pray, we hope to recover those people and reunite them with their families. Number nine, we are willing to do God's will as long as we have everything figured out ahead of time. Uh, We can trust later. I'm putting that at the bottom there. Yeah, a lot of times we look at doing God's will as well. I don't understand why he wants me to do this, or I don't, I don't know what that's all about. You know, a first responder, they have a knowledge. They, have, they, give, they get directions on where to go. They know where the crisis is at. But, they don't, but they'll tell you every situation is different. There's always nuances, situations that they weren't expecting. It's like a person that works on houses. They'll tell you it's much easier to build a house than to repair one because you walk into things you weren't expecting. And now you got to work on how do I resolve this? You problem solve as you work. Well, that's what a first responder has to do a lot of times. They have to learn how to be a problem solvers. <coughs> they may arrive on a scene and see something they've never seen before. How are you going to handle it? Well, their training and their expertise and their experience comes back into use as they figure out what's best. And, of course, they must first have a heart for people. If you're a responder and you don't care if people live or die, you need to get another job. <laughs> a first responder it does their work. Yeah, they get paid for it, but not what they earn, not what they do and what they give. They're giving themselves because they really care about people. If you're um, a veterinarian, why do you do that? It's not just because you want to be a veterinarian and make better money. You really love animals. You had to put them together, folks. If you're going to be a first responder for Christ, you've got to have a heart for people. You've got to be willing to make sacrifices and, and long-suffering and, and walk them through their mess. Man, a first responder, when they show up on the scene, there's, there's a cleanup, folks. When they're all done and they pull the correct cars out and take people to the hospital and everything needs to be done, there's a cleanup need because that, that, that accident created a mess. That poor decision on crossing a highway on a red light or whatever happened, that creates a mess. And so as first responders, we need to be there to help clean up the mess, not just simply make that the person look good by wrapping them up and getting them in an ambulance. We've got to clean up after them sometimes. You say, well, that's not my job. Well, if you have a heart for people, then that's what a first responder does. They clean up for you. They become um, <clears throat> your helpmate, so to speak. Number nine. Uh, as I mentioned, was we're willing to do things as long as we can figure it out ahead of time. No, we'll trust later. Uh, obey God. Like Dr. Stanley says, obey God and leave the results to him. Just obey him. I've been in situations where I have had to walk away from a job or a situation I was in because in order to do God's will, I had to walk away. And I didn't have a job to walk to, get to step into. I didn't have a new position or how to get where I needed to go from there when I left the situation. I have different things I've shared in the past or I could share today. 
if I had time to tell you where I've been in situations. But what did I do it then? Because I knew that that was the right thing to do. Folks, do what's right. Start with the basics. There are certain basics. You are born with the knowledge of right and wrong. You are born with the knowledge that lying is wrong. We know that just instinctively as we're created. But we live in a world of sin, and we need a Savior. So you need to fully invest yourself in what you're doing if you know God's in it. Whether you understand certain things that happen, you're going to go through things, I'm going to go through things where we don't understand what's going on, but we must press and keep pressing, and it's hard. It's really hard to get to the place in your Christian walk where you don't let things going on around you and manifestations in your body be the determining factor or blaming God, right? So there's some examples uh, uh, and I'll, I'll finish up today with a couple more real quick here. Number 10, to follow opinions as facts. <clears throat> as a first responder, you do things based upon what you've learned, the techniques, the proper way of dealing with certain things that happen to the body as a paramedic or a doctor or a nurse. There are certain things that happen in the body that give you uh, a clue as to what's going on inside. You operate with facts. You operate with information. You operate out of experience, which gives you information. Your opinion doesn't amount to a hill of beans, and neither does mine. When it comes right down to it, if you don't believe God exists, nothing changed. The universe didn't shift at all when you said that. You can say God doesn't exist. God's not in this. I don't believe God this. I don't believe your opinion, right, over and over again. Your opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion is like misquoting the Scripture. Close, but not close enough. And we become twice what God, we can become more than God started with. When a paramedic or a first responder gets on the scene, by the time he's done with all the efforts he puts into it, and they do it as a team, folks, as a church, you work as a team, not alone. Paramedic shows up, the firemen show up with them in case they need access to a building they can't get to. Then your policemen show up, your firemen show up. Everyone shows up to accommodate each other. Why? For one single purpose is to help someone that's in need. They cannot help themselves. Don't be in a place where you can never help yourself. You need to encourage yourself like Paul. You need to learn how to encourage yourself, and and that is through the Word, obeying what you know to do. See, there's a biggie. Uh, Just do what you know to do. So we we end up following opinions instead of facts, and Lord help us not to do that. And we become spectators. That's our number 11 there, the last one. We do become spectators. We stand on the outside and expect everybody to do all the work, uh, whether it be physical things. Um, we want to do a fundraiser. Y'all yeah, show up and buy something. But what about setting up tables? How about help finding the products? I did an auction once to raise money for a school I was at, and I would go from town to town to find vendors that would donate things for the auction. It wasn't just going to show up. I had to do my part. Now, I'm not talking about getting in the flesh where you work up things. See, when you get in the flesh, what you're saying is, God, I can handle this better than you can. That's what we're doing when we do things in the flesh. So we don't do things like that. We work as a team. We get prepared. We get trained. We have knowledge, and we have compassion for people. Jesus did things in the Bible out of compassion. Well, yesterday, we were talking about how Jesus, when, when they ran out of wine at the wedding feast, and his mother came to him and said, you know, we need help. And he said, this is not my time. 
And yet, right after that, she turns around and says, do whatever he tells you to do. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a mom? Well, she. we were speaking right now on Sunday mornings on There's Coming and Shaking. Hope you can join us for that. It's been awesome. <clears throat> but she had survived a shaking. What was her shaking? Being told that she was pregnant without being with a man, knowing what the world was going to think of her, and that they normally put women away that do this kind of thing. No, she embraced it. She embraced her shaking, and it was a godly shaking. And and she had, and the Bible tells us that we honor our father and mother will live long on the earth. Jesus knew all that. Jesus never did sway from his responsibilities. Here he was, the son of God, and he expected the same things from him that he expected from us. And he lived it out, and he honored his mother. He honored her shaking. He honored what she'd gone through. And so Jesus said he went ahead and did what she asked. He didn't compromise. He, he followed the word of God. Every bit of the word of God must flow together in his life, including honoring his mother. So he honored her. And she was in he whenever he went and stayed, stayed in the synagogue and they lost him and they had to go back and find him. And they said, John, Jesus, don't do that again. He, he went with them and did as they asked. He was doing what God asked him to do, but he honored his parents at the same time. He didn't compromise. He didn't skip one beat. Because when you obey God in every area, they all knit together like a fine fabric. So we're going to stop right there for the day. Just getting started. Kind of, We're going to get into Matthew, and we're going to get into Mark, and talk about other things concerning what spiritually it's like to be a first responder as we began. We began with some information, and we'll continue on with that. I hope you'll visit us next week as we do part three on uh, being a first responder. And let's find out exactly where we are in our walk with the Lord. So glad to have you with us. I hope that something has been said today by John or myself that encourages you, that challenges you to go deeper, that even causes you to say, man, I want to follow Jesus like that. I want to be a first responder. We encourage you to, as the ch- as the jailer and with Paul and Silas, he said, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe on the name Jesus Christ, which means follow him, which means I believe in him. I don't just believe he existed. I believe in him, and I want to follow him. That's what salvation does. So I encourage you, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I give you reign over my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you sit at the right hand of the Father today. You died for my sins and raised from the dead on the third day, and you intercede for me. And I want to do your will, not my will anymore. Pray that prayer. Give him your heart. Watch what he'll do with your life. Watch the places he'll take you. Thrill, thrills, romance, and adventure. And if you are saved, I encourage you to go deeper. I encourage you to seek him out more, to get in the word. You cannot avoid the word. You must know the word. And you must have it in your heart, and you must start seeking him. Take one bite at a time out of this, folks, and just start seeking him and following him. And I, I trust that you'll even let us know through comments, by sharing and and sharing these things uh, on social media for us, our, our, our services that we do here, our programs, our teaching. And if you want any of us to come to minister at your church, John will give you that information, and you can get a hold of us, and we'll be glad to uh, share that ministry with you in teaching and preaching and laying on hands and all the wonderful things that come with the fivefold ministry. Thank you for being with us today. We'll see you next week with part three of A First Responder.
Thank you, John Sandy. And if you need a Bible, if you accepted Jesus into your life, please let us know. We'll send you one free of charge, courtesy of the Pulse WB Live. Do me a favor, download our app. Go to your app store on your Android or your iPhone device and type in the Pulse WV Live. Be sure to rank us and share it with your friends. Gives you access to 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Music and teaching, some of the best this side of heaven. And it's not just me. It's a lot of people like John Sandy, Scott Means, uh, Eric Veltry, uh, our sister pastor, um, Dustin Ellison. Uh, not only that, Jay Mace, a lot of group, a lot of people uh, on this. And uh, so we encourage you to download it. And if you'd like to become a supporter of this ministry, pray for us and then pray if, see if God wants you to give to this ministry. You can text the word PULSE to one 244 3187 Go to the Give through PayPal, check out our website while you're there, or mail your love gift to P.O. Box 141, Gasaway, West Virginia, 26624. Have a great day. Thanks for listening and watching the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God.